Um, there's people I've met who have come in and said they're looking for a job and I know I'm gonna hire them right away. Why? Because they're looking me straight in the eye, they've got a smile on their face, and they you can feel when someone's being genuine about what they are doing or what they wanna do. Having those things, I can train them on everything else. Hey there, this is Angie Morgan Wachowski. I'm a New York Times bestselling author, entrepreneur, Marine Corps veteran, and host of this program. I love the Bet On You show because I have guests who come into the studio and share with you insights and ideas to help you take those dreams that you have and transform them into reality. So season three, this is awesome. I know so many of you have wanted to start a business. You see other people doing it and you're thinking, gosh, why not me? Well, why not you? That is why we are featuring business owners, lawyers, accountants, people with very specific expertise. They're going to give you insight that you're not going to get if you were to go get an MBA or pull a business book off a library shelf. They've got real world experience and they're sharing it with you. So this episode, so cool. We have Stephanie Watala. She's the co-owner and chef of Sugar to Salt restaurant here in Traverse City, Michigan. She owns an event company and she is just amazing. She's going to share with you how to create a great experience through your business opportunity. For her, she is a chef. She's into the culinary arts. She has amazing dining experiences at a restaurant. So if you've ever wanted to own a restaurant, you're not going to want to miss this episode. I know many of you walk past restaurants or see event management businesses and think, I should be doing that. Well, you're going to learn what it takes <laughs> to be able to do all the cool things that Stephanie does. Stephanie, welcome to the program. I'm so happy to be here today and talking to you. Oh, how, well, what stage of your career did you decide to start one of your two businesses? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if you look back about seven years ago, um, I was working as an entrepreneur at the time for a business called Black Star Farms mm -hmm. as their events manager and pastry chef. And I was asked, well, when are you going to own your own business, Stephanie? Um, because I worked very much like a business owner, an entrepreneur. Um, Jumping forward, um, I had an opportunity to start a new business, um, which I named S2S Sunrise to Sunset Events, which became my events management company and um, manages the Cathedral Barn at Historic Barns Park. Um, it felt very natural to do that. I've had other businesses in my past. I had a cleaning business when my kids were little. And so um, I, I've known all along that, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm good to manage myself and that I would want my own business. Um, fast forward six months later, me and my partner, Jonathan, were looking for a place to start a restaurant also, and um, were able to find a space at the Village at Grand Traverse Commons that was a perfect fit for us, and therefore a second business was started um, that I'm the co-owner with, with, with Jonathan. And you're, you and Jonathan both are chefs. And Correct. so a lot of people who want to own restaurants have no culinary experience. <laughs> I would wonder from your perspective, what is the advantage of going into a restaurant specifically with culinary experience? And what would be some of the disadvantages? So an advantage of being a um, going into it as a chef is that, um, and actually as an owner especially, is that nobody's telling us what to make. These recipes belong to us. We get to feature um, the things that are important to us, which one of the things about sugar to salt is that we are a very locally and seasonally 
dedicated restaurant. We really like to support our community and we do that by buying ingredients right from this area. Um, and then secondly, um, you know, the different choices that we make as chefs, it's just wonderful to bring our culinary culinary artistry out without anybody saying, well, what if you tried this? Or maybe you should make that. We love having the control over that part of it. <laughs> um, I would say a challenge if you didn't have a culinary background would most definitely be understanding what it takes to run a kitchen. Um, the amount of time for prepping and for mise en place and ordering takes a lot. And then to develop recipes and then run the line and make sure that food goes out with precision and concision every single time is very, very hard work to manage. Secondly, um, because I run a lot of the front of house of our restaurant, mm -hmm. I know timing in the kitchen. So if I say to a table or I say to someone walking in, it's going to be about 20 minutes before we have a table. It's because I've surveyed the entire restaurant and I know, okay, they've got food. They don't have food. Okay. Yep. I see he's putting that food up in the window right now. I understand on the culinary side what it takes to get those things done. And um, so we set up expectations really well. In that for way. your guests coming in. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's amazing to think too about the brand that you've created locally. I've had many guests on who talk about your business <laughs> as being their favorite place. I would be so curious when you think about the brand that you've developed for S2S, what are some of the things that you hope to be known for that you're so proud that you are? I hope that we will be known for being a part of a community and being helpers and for being people who share um, not only our talents as chefs, but then also highlighting the beauty and diversity of this area with the farms and the artisans, people who are creating beautiful, beautiful products. We receive all of that into our restaurant and are able to create with those things and then bring it back out to the customers and hopefully surprise them. Hopefully we're creating experiences that when they leave, they don't feel like they just got their money's worth for what they got from us that day, whatever they ordered and whatever they enjoyed. I hope that when they leave, they feel like they've got mem their memories worth, that it's a memorable meal, that it's special. Um, we rely so much on word of mouth for our restaurant that um, because we don't do a lot of traditional advertising, um, we know that there is a risk in that, that um, it has to be great every single time. <laughs> no because pressure. if it's not, the word of mouth can go the other way. But if it's going the right way, um, if we see return guests, we see them bring their friends, they're telling, they're telling you about us. They're telling us about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's working in that way. And so what we hope to be known for is, um, is to be really aware and taking care of people when they're with us and helping them have those great experiences. It sounds as if, Stephanie, you pour your heart into every place <laughs> and every touch point in the restaurant. I imagine you also pour your time. When you run a business like this, and you also have a catering part too. Yeah. Is this this isn't doesn't seem to be like a nine to five job. And I imagine people who want to run <laughs> a restaurant, they, they have to have some level of awareness. So what level of time commitment? 
between so, all your businesses? Jonathan and I like to look at it. There are seasons where the pace is definitely um, going to be a lot faster. It's going to require more time and attention from us. It's going to mean that we may be feeling stresses that we didn't even anticipate because um, to can try to control all of the things that happen in a restaurant or a catering situation, you're working with people and you're managing expectations. I would say on a time commitment, we are very, very careful. And this is a learning lesson over the last six years of owning this restaurant that um, my mom used to say, say yes to the best and no to the rest. <laughs> Whatever you're saying yes to, you're saying no to something else. And we really try to say yes to our family first. Mm -hmm. It's why we chose a breakfast restaurant, because at two o'clock when we close, we get to go pick our daughter up from school. I've got two, um, my daughter Lauren and my son Riley who are in college who get, come home for dinner, um, you know, that we can be home for that. And so um, we've really built our business in a way that we still get to have that family time first. That's so important to us. And then after that, um, everything else that we put into the business, um, it does get a, it does get a good, it gets a lot of quality from us, but um, but the quantity is after we've made sure we've put it into our family. I love that. And I think this is really unique, and maybe, maybe not as unique as I think you tell me, but you are in partnership um, with your partner, John Jonathan. How do you divide responsibilities? How does that work? Because I think <laughs> some people think of working with their spouse or their partner, and it scares the crap out of them. They're like, oh, this won't work. How do you make it work? So I would say um, there are times when we get home from work and one of us will say, I'm all done with work for today. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And we know that that's, that's something we have to respect. Um, when we're at work, there are times where we have to make sure that the conversations we're having, if we're bickering, especially about something we disagree with, that we hold that for another time so that the um, so that our staff doesn't have to hear about that um, or hear us try to figure something out. Um, Jonathan and I have a lot of respect for each other. Often, often we say, I have no idea what your job takes sometimes. Why? Because I don't run the line at our restaurant. That is Jonathan. Mm -hmm. He takes the majority of that. I've done his job twice in the whole six years that we've been there. And every time I kept thinking, wow, how does he do this on a busy Sunday? This is amazing. And it, it just makes me really appreciate him even more. Um, same thing with what I do for the business. I do way more than just cooking and running the front of house. I take care of all of our accounting, our media, our marketing. Um, I take care of all the communications with our catering clients. And he has often said to me, I'm so glad you handle that. That would be very, we just, we talk about the fact that we are doing the things, the business units parts, we've got them separated properly. Um, so it's handled. Oh, it's so huge. I mean, in a restaurant, you still have HR, you still have accounting, you still mm -hmm. have compliance, you've got food safety, you've got all these things. All of it, yeah. The lenses that you have to share. Yeah. What did you not know about running a business when you started? Taxes. <laughs> and what did you learn about taxes? Well, I was a sole proprietor for my first couple of businesses. Oh. And so I didn't have employees and I didn't know about the fact that you had to keep track of sales tax. And, and uh, QuickBooks is great. I'm going to tell anyone starting a business before you take even one dollar please make sure you're accounting for it. Please make sure that you've signed up for your 
um, on EFTPS, you know, for your 941s to get paid properly and on time. If you're a business that collects sales tax and has employees, make sure that you're keeping track of all the money coming in so that you can properly handle that, um, especially at the end of the year for your taxes. Hire an accountant. One of I, I, the, the first couple of years, we struggled with a few things, just making sure that we had that all correct. And it cost us some money that we weren't expecting because we had some of it that wasn't done correctly. So my biggest advice to anyone starting a business is make sure you have your accounting figured out before you take, don't even take a penny <laughs> without knowing. <laughs> We're going to start talking about a critical aspect of a business and that's employees. And so again, if I go to your restaurant, I know your partner is in the back on the line making sure it runs smoothly. You're up front trying to manage expectations, but my experience is gonna be with my waiter or waitress right. and it can be hopefully a great one, which I'm gonna sense that it's going to be if I come to your restaurant, but it can also be a negative one. So staff is really important, yeah. really important. How do you hire people? So uh, they are, they're the front line, they're the first impression. When people walk in the door, um, the, it's important that smiles are on our faces and that I have people working there that genuinely want to be there. Um, I hire caring people. I, hear, I hire people who um, you can tell just have a sense of care and love and want to be helpers, that want to help people in the restaurant sense, help them have a great experience. I feel so greatly fortunate that the people who have worked for us since the very beginning have all been those type of people. Um, when I'm sitting down across from somebody, I do use a little bit of my my gut to um, to make a decision just based on how I feel when I'm with them. Um, there's people I've met who have come in and said they're looking for a job, and I know. I'm going to hire them right away. Why? Because they're looking me straight in the eye. They've got a smile on their face. And they you can feel when someone's being genuine about what they are doing or what they want to do. And uh, having those things, I can train them on everything else. You know, the little details about how to run the, the point of sale or you know, how we make the chai or, um, you know, this is when you can expect your orders to be up in the window with Jonathan. I mean, I can help them in all of those other small things. But if they come because they want to be there, I also um, make sure to talk to my people about what's important to them on their schedule. Do you have a family? Do you have things you anticipate that you have to do outside of work. Again, going back to if they want to be here, they're going to be great while they're here. If this just feels like a job, you know, I want them, I want it to not feel like a job, like a really cool place to come and hang out. And great, you're making, you know, the other side of it is you get to make money too. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we see that every single day. I, I do hear so much wonderful feedback from our customers and they all um, just are glowing about how our staff takes care of them. And that to me is one of the best parts of our business is being able to be an employer and create a place. Um, Jonathan and I feel so fortunate that the people who are there really want to be there and really care about it. Um, and they're not the owners, but um, they certainly do show us a level of care and love just like Jonathan and I do. And I'm sure in your course of business ownership, you've had employees where you're like, this isn't a good fit. <laughs> so if you have a sense as a business owner that this employee situation isn't going to work out, I'd love to get some guidance because my suspicion is address it quickly, address it fast, address it kindly. But mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts too. I think you're right on. And I have to say there's a blessing in the fact that I haven't had too many that haven't been a great fit. Yeah. 
um, a lot of that, I think, has to do with communication from the very beginning. Um, we know right away if it's going to be a good fit, um, I think, sometimes on their first shift. And so a lot of times I've said to people, let this be a dress rehearsal. Try it out. If you decide this isn't for you, that's great. You know, don't waste your time here then. You know, we, you know I don't want to put all my training time into you if this isn't going to be a good fit. So I haven't had too many instances where I felt like that's been the case. Most of the people who have worked with us have been just extraordinary and wonderful. And um, most of the times when they're leaving, it's because they're they're moving on to another wonderful opportunity. One of um, we had a, a woman working for us who had a baby, mm-hmm. so that makes sense why yeah. she would be leaving. Um, and we keep in really close contact with everyone who's worked with us. Um, I should just say, as a side note, because of the catering business and events, a lot of the people who used to work for us who have gone on to other things still jump on and help us with catering from time to time, which is wonderful. It's just like seeing an old friend when they show up and they well, know how we do things. Like it's a reflection of your leadership style, too, that it was a, a great exit and there's still a desire to support yeah. the business that you started. Yeah. I hear a lot from business owners, particularly restaurant owners, that you also need to have some sort of, we'll call it side hustle or some <laughs> other channel because often it's really hard to make a living. You know, my husband and I own morsels and we've seen firsthand how hard it is, especially in a resort community, to have you know, a thriving year round business. So you have um, a catering company with sugar to salt. Mm -hmm. What was the decision making around that? Was it was it revenue? Was it it was a very strategic thing at the very beginning of starting the business. We knew um, as a new restaurant in town, quite tucked in and hidden actually in our location that, you know, not being on Front Street, that it wasn't going to be anything that people were just going to stumble upon and find us. Catering was the answer to getting us in front of hundreds of people long before the restaurant actually found its wheels, I guess is the best way to say that. And so um, we we strategically put that into our business plan um, when we were starting out to um, to help ensure that we had a flow of revenue going. What I'd like to say is that in 2017, I would say it was catering and restaurant, you know, catering above, restaurant below. In 2018, the two met head to head, and boy, was that busy and tough, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, of all the challenges we've had, that was a big one, because now we're really busy on both sides, wanting to make sure that we're giving our best at everything. Um, when you talk about quality of life, we learned some things about what we wouldn't do maybe the next year. Mm-hmm. And taking So we dialed catering down in 2019, and we saw the restaurant continue to flourish, but the catering also doing extremely well on our terms <laughs> when we had time. Um, I should say that I always like to say to people, make sure if you're a business owner that you are the that the business does not own you, that you are the business owner. You get to make the decisions and the choices for the, your future success. And so as we look towards the future, I'll go over the blip of 2020 real quickly and just say that we got through it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even going to talk about the pandemic. No, but as we jumped like... ahead, I will tell you the restaurant has definitely taken off. Catering is one thing now that we see that just really supplements and makes sure it gives our employees additional opportunities to work. Oh, especially being a background breakfast place. That's really key. And you said something earlier that I think is really important. And I know a lot of people don't do this. And that's get a business plan before you go into business. Mm -hmm. What was that process like for you and Jonathan? And thinking about too, because I know a lot of people 
Imagine, right? It takes resources to start a business to sort yeah. of finance your business. We did, we had to write a business plan in order to, if we were going to get a loan. Mm-hmm. And we did initially start by getting a small loan. We worked with a local bank that was very much into uh, supporting small businesses. And uh, that was a really helpful start for us. Uh, we paid that loan off in three years, even through a pandemic, which we Ooh, felt very good. Accomplishment, right? It was huge. It felt so wonderful when I made that, when Jonathan and I made that last payment. Um, but yes, I would say that um, writing that business plan was key because it helped us look ahead. It helped us make um, look at our dream and say, you know, what can, what what are the possibilities and how can we bring this all together um, to make sure we have a successful business? And it, it's still a guide. Um, I often say when you walk into the restaurant, um, you are walking into Stephanie and Jonathan's dream come true. Why do we know that? Because we wrote, oh, I'm going to cry. We wrote... <laughs> We wrote down exactly what we wanted. And so to see it happening and to see people's smiling faces when they walk in the door is really, really special. I think that's wonderful. And you're going to make me cry too. So let's get, let's get a tough question. No, um, I want love to hear you because I see the joy in your eyes and in your smile and in your voice for that matter of owning a business and being able, but really to put the product and the service out to the community. Can you give our listeners a words of encouragement if they're thinking about starting a restaurant? Just give them some encouragement. Yeah. So if you are thinking about starting a restaurant, I think it's really important to take a moment and dream big. Write down exactly what you think it might look like to to what kind of things would be on the wall and what kind of music is going to be playing and, and maybe even, you know, what the shirts look like um, that your staff is going to wear or what kind of drinks you're going to feature. What's going to be the what do you think is going to be the customer's favorite dish? It's it, it's not too crazy to go all the way out and um, and think about um, all of those things. Bringing it back together, I guess what I would say is that once you've done that, now you have your business plan. You have something to work towards. You have goals to be thinking about um, because then you can recognize it when it's happening. Great. And now this is the flip side of that question. <laughs> but complete the sentence. Don't start a restaurant if... don't start a restaurant if you expect that um oh that's a really that's an interesting question do i have a moment just to think about my answer as much time as you want yeah oh don't start a restaurant if you think it's going to be about getting something start a restaurant if you are someone who wants to give because you're going to give a lot in order for it to be successful initially from yourself, but then you're always going to be giving. You're going to walk in each morning and you're going to, you're going to be giving by the things that you create. You're going to be giving by the service that you give to um, the people who come in to see you and who patronize you. Um, If you're expecting to get things all the time, you'll miss out on what what things you are there actually to receive. Because if you give, um, what you get back, the getting that comes back to you is, um, is the, the happiness that you create in the people who believe um, and trust you when they come in the door. That is amazing. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for being a part of this small business series conversation on the Bet On You program. Great yeah. advice. I'm so happy you're here today. I'm grateful to be here too. Thank you so much. 
the things I learned from our conversation with Stephanie is first and foremost, when it comes to hiring, trust your instincts, trust that gut reaction. Because sometimes when we feel something, our mind tries to talk us in, oh, they're right here, it's gonna be easy. But no, trust your instincts. It's better to go off that, especially making hiring decisions than waiting. Another thing I picked up is that if you're going to be in the restaurant business, don't focus on what you're gonna get. If you're focused solely on the return of your time investment, of your capital investment, you might be disappointed. Focus on giving. And you could tell from the conversation that we had with Stephanie is that she is an abundant person. She is generous with her talents. She's generous with the positivity and optimism in her restaurant. And that makes a huge difference. She does not have a restaurant on Main Street, but what she does have is a line out the door of her restaurant simply because this amazing reputation she built because of service and quality. The final thing that I picked up in that this episode is that you have to respect the roles, not just of your partner who's working in the back of the house in the kitchen, but you know, the staff members that you have. Teammates, teamwork requires respect. And as a leader, you have to set the tone for that environment. So thank you so much for tuning in. This is Angie Morgan-Wachowski. Please visit angiewachowski.com for more information and to hopefully get some inspiration in your email every week. Take care.